Why, hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. Hey, Suzanne, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Michelle. How are you? Oh, it's been a rough week. Like, I am not going to lie. As all of our listeners know, we didn't get an episode out last week, but this entry back into the real world after a vacation has been brutal, at least on my end. (laughs) It's been an adjustment for me. I'm a few days ahead of you because we left early, about five days before you did. So I'm I'm pretty much back to normal, I think. But yeah, reentry is never easy. And we were gone a long time. We were. And I just have to say, and I don't know, and I tried not to convey it too much in the text messages I sent when you got off the ship, but I was mm-hmm. so sad. <laughs> I just was like, it's so quiet here. And now we're eating lunch, just the two of us. And I mean, we had other friends on the ship, but they were out exploring when this happened. And I just felt a little bit lost. Well, I was missing it. I was dealing with severe FOMO myself. It was like, oh. Yeah, and I didn't want to rub it in like too bad or make you feel too bad that I was missing you. And so I tried not to say too much, but there were a couple places that you would have loved. Oh, I am sure of it. I am sure of it, but that's okay. We do what we have to. Yeah, we definitely do that. Yeah, at least we got to go for a good portion of the trip. Yes, and it was a blast. I just have to say that might have been one of the funnest vacations that I've ever been on in my life. Well, I have to agree. It was really, really a great trip. Right. There's just a bunch of moments which, you know, we should sit down and write a list of the top 10 moments to share with everybody. But we don't have that done yet because we're a little discombobulated. Yeah, a little jet lagged. A lot jet lagged. Trying to catch up. (laughs) I'm going to bed right now, probably about 7 p.m., but I really could probably go at 5 p.m. and waking up about four in the morning and hard as I try, I can't get it turned back around. But it's only been a week. Right. Well, and I have to say we were in the same boat and we were forcing ourselves to stay awake the first couple nights until eight. It's like we are not going to bed before eight. And then we pushed it to like 839. And I just now feel like, okay, I'm back on my normal schedule. So I actually love getting up at four or five in the morning, which is one of those silver linings you were talking about. It's like, when I go to bed too late, I can't get up that early. But I do love getting up that early. I get so much more done in the mornings than when I get up at six. So you just get up and start going because I will lay in bed and wish I was sleeping again and just be pouting because I'm awake and the rest of the world is asleep, which I know is not the case. But in those moments, it feels very lonely. Yeah, nope, I get up. But I think we've talked about this before. My morning routine is wake up, coffee, catch up on emails, do my Wordle game. And then I get started with my day. (laughs) But I have to have my coffee. But I do get up. I don't sit there and try to go back to sleep. If I'm awake, I'm awake. Yeah, that's kind of like Rob, too. He just gets up and starts going. So, well, as I mentioned, I am a week off the ship now, actually a week and a day. And 
our nightmare began about a week and a day ago, but not really a nightmare because the silver lining of everything is Rob and I got back to the U.S. a day late, but safely. We are back home, um, getting back into routine, but the trip home was not a whole lot of fun. Well, tell us how it went. Okay, so everything went fine getting off the cruise. Our transportation showed up, which, you know, I spent two days worrying about. Those are two days I won't get right. the joy. I mean, I had joyful days, but there was that lingering, like, what if the car doesn't show up? What if the car doesn't show up? But it did. And they were wonderful to work with. We got to the hotel in Venice, and we just crashed. We found a channel on the TV that played American shows, shows we could understand. Uh And we just watched TV all day. We did not go out. We did not leave our room except to eat. And we didn't realize how exhausted we were (laughs) from vacation. (laughs) Did you feel that way at all? um, I'm (laughs) I'm trying to think back because someone just asked me yesterday if it felt like I had ever been gone because when I got back to Arizona, I mean, I had to plunge right back in. And I feel like our trip was like a year ago. And our trip back, we hit the road running, though, because we had to get on our flight right away. Well, actually, that's not true. We spent the night in Florence. And that was a very relaxed day. We didn't do we sat by the pool at the hotel we were at all day. But I had fallen, if you'll recall, I had fallen like the day before we left. That's right, in in Monaco. Monaco. And so I wasn't walking very well (laughs) that day because we easily could have spent our day exploring Florence, but my foot was, was messed up. So we laid by the pool all day. Well, that's a lovely way to spend the day. And, you know, I feel a little bad, a little bit bad that we just hung out at the hotel in Venice, but it was raining on that day oh, we were in it? Venice. Oh, and bummer. we might have had to take a train in or a taxi, and I just was over it at that point, tired. So that day went pretty well into the night. There was a pesky little mosquito or something oh, I hate that, that was buzzing around the room and like you'd start to fall asleep and then it would be like in your ears. So not only did it keep us up all night, we both woke up, Rob more so than I, with mosquito bites all over his body, like swelling mosquito bites. Oh my God. So we catch the car to the airport, check in, goes fine at British Airways. We find out that the flight is 45 minutes delayed, but they assured me it'll be no problem connecting in London. You're flying into Terminal 5. The plane is leaving out of Terminal 5. No problem. (laughs) Okay, famous last words because, you know, we loaded. It was only 45 minutes delayed. We get into Heathrow with enough time to catch our connecting flight. Oh, no. Yet when we land, there is no ground crew to bring our plane into the gate. So we sit out on the tarmac for 45 minutes to an hour waiting for somebody to wave us in, to bring us in. And when they do, they're pretty much like, go, 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 try and catch your flight, try and catch your flight. So we're following all of the, because in 
for international flights, they board them an hour ahead of time. And right. then they close them about 20 minutes before departure. So we're running. There's another couple with us. We get to what's supposed to be the B security gates in Terminal 5, and they're shut down. And they're like, nope, you have to go back to the main concourse and then come back in that way. And I'm like, what the heck? There's no way we're going to make this flight, but we still have 25 minutes. So we're running. We get to security, try to, you know, have our boarding passes open the gate. And they're like, denied. <gasps> Sorry. Oh, Cut no. off. So we had to go to British Airways customer service. And... They were very nice. Uh, they were getting slammed. There were so many people in that line. I felt bad for them, but yet I felt bad for myself also because <laughs> my plane was technically still on the ground. Right. So we get there, wait in line. We get up there. We can't get you out on British Airways tomorrow. All of our flights in that class of service are booked. So we are going to put you on Virgin. Is it Virgin Atlantic? Is that yeah. what the flight is? Yeah. I'm like, okay. You can do that. But what about our bags? She's like, don't worry about your bags. The bag tags are going to transfer over to the new airline. Just when you get there, make sure that you show them these bag tags. Make sure they're in the system to transfer over. I'm gonna like, fine. They give us vouchers for a hotel, mm -hmm. which was the busiest hotel, the most overwhelming hotel I have ever been at. Oh, I hope geez. that never happens to me again. They put us on a shuttle to that hotel that, again, hope that never happens to me because there were so many people. It just was overwhelming. But Rob and I decided before we went to the hotel that we would take the extra time to go from Terminal 5, figure out our way to get to Terminal 3, to check in with Virgin, to give them our bag tags to try to prevent a problem the next day. Good plan. Yes, we did that. They have all our bag tags in. She just said, check in. When you check in tomorrow, just make sure the bag tags are in. So we're like, fine. We schedule everything. I did not go back on the shuttle to the airport because I just, I'll pay whatever pounds I need <laughs> to, to get a taxi. So we did that. We get back there. We check in. We confirm the bag tags once again. Yep, they're on the system. They'll follow you. They're going to be on your plane. And then they send us to security. I could not get through security to save my life. I'm glad we went to the airport three hours early because my body personally kept setting it off somehow. Oh so my they had Gosh. to pretty much strip search me. I mean, they didn't take my clothes off, but she's like, uh, we're going to get awfully close to like pulling your pants down here. And I'm right. like, whatever, I don't care now. And then two of my bags got flagged. And so they had to go through it everything in my bags and I'm like oh, oh my gosh. gosh so we get through there the flight was good and then we land in Vegas and guess what no bags and that was a week oh, ago and I still don't have my bags although <laughs> they are supposed to arrive via FedEx today between 9 15 in the morning and like two in the afternoon wow so I'm hopeful wow. but I don't so, know what's going to be in those bags <laughs> So what I have to ask is through that whole story is so you switch from British Airways to Virgin Atlantic. You said the flight was good. Be more specific. How was the flight? Was it comfortable? I've never been on Virgin Atlantic. Did you enjoy the flight? Were you in the same class of service and was it a comfortable flight? 
Yes to all those. You know, before the flight, we got to go to their boardroom. And Mm -hmm. that was very nice. Although Rob was getting frustrated with the technology of take a photo of the menu and then you place your order and they'll bring your drinks to you Mm -hmm. because it was taking like too long. And I screwed up on the technology when ordering the food. And so it was kind of frustrating there, but it all worked out. And it was very nice. It was very comfortable. Everyone was Mm -hmm. very attentive. Attentive. That's the right word. And so getting on the flight, they were like little pods that we sat in. Mm -hmm. And Rob was in front of me. I was behind him. There was just one on each of our sides. And it was comfortable. It was comfortable. And I can't remember if I ate. Yeah, I did eat. It was good food. And the service Mm -hmm. was pretty good. Although Rob has flown them before and said that the service wasn't quite as good this time as it was previously. Interesting. And the reason I say that is because when we flew from the United States to London, we were in business class on British Airways, and we were in their new business class. And I'm trying to think, I'm not 100% sure if it was their new business class or their previous business class, but it was very comfortable. Again, we had pods, the door closed, and just for the record, we flew on miles the entire way, thanks to my son. My son is a master at taking points and track and at like months before we left and checking every single day to see if seats open up in either business class or first class. So he's we, so dedicated. He, he I need to so take some good. lessons from him. I mean, it is unbelievable what he can do with those mileage points. And I said he. It's it's the business he should be in, but he isn't, of course. But he loves to do it. He's yeah. So we go all of our international travels almost to date have been through mileage tickets because he will he'll just find every ticket. And while we were on the ship, he was trying to find us a different connection in the same class of service and he was literally sending me texts every day. How about, you know, flying into San Francisco? How about flying into LAX? How about flying into, he was trying to get us nonstop from London to Seattle, but that never did open up. But every day he was finding new tickets for us. So anyway, business class, that business class was phenomenal going to London. It was Phoenix to London. Like I said, we had our own private pod where the door closed and lay flat bed. It was so comfortable. We had first class coming back. And I think it was their new first class coming back. And it was London to Atlanta. And it was very, very nice. But business class on the other flight was superior to first class on the return flight, which I found very interesting. Yeah, they did not. That is fascinating. Although they only had six people in the first class. So we got a lot of attention. They had two flight attendants serving six people. So we did get an enormous amount of attention, which was great. And they were very accommodating. But the seats weren't as comfortable. We did not have a closing door in our pod, which we really didn't need one because there were only six people in that cabin. But I just thought it was interesting because it's like, okay, would it have been worth the extra money if we were paying cash? (laughs) To be in first class. It doesn't sound like it would be. It wouldn't have. We would have been just as comfortable, if not more comfortable, in business class. And I did notice on that same aircraft, 
they had the exact same business class that we had been in. And they probably, on that aircraft, they probably had 20 business class seats. And I thought we would have been definitely more as comfortable, which I just found interesting. Yeah, no, that is fascinating. It's good to know. I would, I've never done first class on British Airways. I've only done business class, not only because it mm -hmm. was quite luxurious, as you explained. But I, would, I wouldn't even have known what they could do above their business class to make it more special. Right. If that makes sense. I don't know what they could have improved on in business class to make it first class worthy because right. it was very nice. Now, pre the way over. Yeah, pre-COVID, we had flown British Airways first class in a different aircraft. And that was probably the most incredible flight I've ever had. I mean, it was it was far and away better than any other flight. And they and it laid out to a full bed. They came and made the bed for us while we went and got ready for bed. They give you pajamas and there's a shower if you want to take a shower. So that one, that was a phenomenal first class, but that was also pre-COVID. So I don't yeah, know. No, that sounds wonderful. So your expectations were set pretty high. It must have been kind of a letdown. A little bit. On and a little bit. It was still very comfortable, but yeah, a little bit of a letdown. Dang. Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. So that was your trip back. And we might as well share with everybody else that you're two bags short also. <laughs> I'm four bags short right now. Right. Due to changing airline, but you're two bags short right now also that you have not yet received. And you've been off the ship right. five days and, before us. But this is really, it's not really on us, but we made the conscious decision because in, like I said, I, I fell off a very shallow step in Monaco and I hit pretty hard when I fell and my foot was messed up. I was limping pretty bad. I was in a lot of pain. And so when we got to Florence, we decided we were going to ship our bags from the hotel to home. And they said, not a problem. We got everything set up. And they were supposed to arrive November 3rd. And it's way past November 3rd now. And uh, we still have not gotten our bags. And I got a notice from them like two days after we shipped them. I think we had just gotten to Atlanta and that said they had to confiscate all of our liquids that were in our bags um, because it wouldn't get make it through customs and that there was a delay in delivery. And that was the last I heard. Oh my gosh. And I, we still don't have our bags. The worst part about that is we packed for a cruise that was supposedly going to be transitioning the seasons so the beginning of it was supposed to be warmer weather and the end of it was supposed to be a little bit cooler weather so that's how we packed meaning we <laughs> way overpacked, and none Absolutely. of those more fall clothes did we need and now we do need them here and even in Arizona it's a little bit chilly here and it is. They're in a bag somewhere in this <laughs> I world. I know. And I, I, I have a vision of my two bags sitting on a cargo ship in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, just sitting there waiting for its turn to dock. 
And I, I'm pretty sure once it makes it into the United States, it should only take a couple days for it to reach us. Yeah, well, what I'm doing moving forward, and so many people have said, well, why didn't you put air trackers in your bags? So I'm like, yeah, why didn't I do that? I know the technology is oh, available. So I've since ordered four air trackers just to place in my bag. So if this ever happens again, I'll at least know where they're located. That's a really good idea. I didn't I know. even know that existed. I know our good friend Paul had told us about that because he was shipping his dog and was worried. So he put an oh. air tracker in the kennel. And so that's the first time I heard about it. But since I've told people my luggage is missing, everyone's saying you should get an air tracker like this is what we do. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I should do that. Okay, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like solutions. Bring me solutions, not problems. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Even yes. if it's after the fact. Yeah, definitely. So do you have like a favorite moment? I know we're going to make a, a list up, but do you have a memorable moment of the cruising experience that you would like to share? Way to put me on the spot. I know I'm putting <laughs> you, you know on the I'm spot not... first so I can think of my <laughs> memorable say, moment. I mean, I, I'm never good with being put on the spot to come up with a memory. You know, an hour from now when we're done recording, I'll be like, oh, I should have said that that moment. I should have. Okay. Um, Fair enough. I will tell you a memorable moment. I don't know if this is my favorite one, but mm -hmm. it is memorable to me. It was Rob and I's anniversary while we were on the cruise. And mm -hmm. our cruise, we had a butler and his name was Prakash and he was absolutely wonderful. And on the 21st of October, he set up our room and also your room because you had just recently celebrated a birthday and our friend Katie was celebrating a birthday. He mm -hmm. brought balloons in, he brought Dom Perignon in, he brought rose petals in and he made it a very special moment for all of us. So huge shout out to him. Well, right. as the night progresses, you know, we are celebrating and we are consuming some alcohol. Outside of the restaurant we went to, there was a dragon and we decided to take a picture on that dragon and Rob almost got kicked off the ship because he decided to climb on the sculpture and I <laughs> yeah. don't think they were very happy about it. I Well, and I hate to admit it, but I was the one that encouraged him to, because it's like we needed someone in the center of that picture and he did, you know, I said, Rob, you got to get up there. So that really was me. And I disappeared when they called him out on it. I vanished. I was like, eh, I'm out. <laughs> I yeah, I disappeared also. And I was not happy. I'm like, Oh, great. Now we're gonna get reprimanded. And Suzanne, why are you always encouraging him to do those things that you wouldn't encourage your own husband to do? You're I don't know, because I know Rob enjoys it. I know he does that. He that's what he does. He loves that kind of thing. And Jeff would probably do it if he felt under pressure to do it. But he does. That's not his natural personality. For Rob, it's his natural personality. I, I'm just encouraging his own personality. Okay. <laughs> However <laughs> you want to try and justify it, you can do that right now. Yeah. But You're right. I'm going to start encouraging did. Jeff. Well, you can. You can encourage him. And yeah, and some of it he'll do and it'll probably piss me off, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah, not most of it he probably would do. But and but that is the night we went. We went karaoke. But actually, I got my nights mixed up because 
we had a really fun night in which Rob, who is not a dancer, suddenly decided he was Patrick Swayze. Yeah, and he good. wanted to dance. So they were playing the song, I Would Walk 500 Miles, or I, I 500 Miles. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the exact name is, Jeff would know. And so Rob's like, let's go dance. I'm like, okay. So we're out there, we're dancing, we're having so much fun. And then he falls to his knees and slides across the floor in a Patrick Swayze-like move and is sitting there holding his hands out. And I'm like, okay, what do I do with this? So I kind of was like, how are you going to get up now? And he's like, I don't know. But he got up, we finished the song. And then he goes, right before the song finished, let me flip you. And I'm like, flip me, like flip me off. He's like, no, flip you like in a circle. I'm like, heck no, no, we're we're not doing that. So that was a really fun memory. That was a fun memory. And you were the hit of the ship, I would say after that. It's like, oh, there's that really fun couple that are such great dancers. Well, I don't know about that, but Rob was limping after it because he hurt his knee. Well, he did. And it was right after that that I fell. And so we were both kind of commiserating on our our painful bodies that just don't recover like they used to. Right. And I have to share this story, too, because you weren't on there. And I'm like, Rob, I am so telling Suzanne on you about oh, this tell one. Me. But earlier on in the cruise, while you were still there, Rob had a massage. Oh, and yeah. the lady who did it, she was very strong. He had a knot in his back and so she's like how much pressure can you take and Rob's like I can take whatever you have and so she got up and she was elbowing into him and actually he did not tell her to stop because he didn't want to look weak and (laughs) afterwards he suffered for like 10 days like his back was hurting it didn't feel right he couldn't get comfortable well the day I got off the ship We went into Sicily, I think. I was with Katie and Kirk. And Rob goes to get a shave and he runs into the masseuse. And she talks him into booking the... Oh, for another God's massage because I had canceled his next massage because he's like, <sighs> my back hurts. But he sees her and she talks him into it. So he books it. Oh, for Pete's sake. And I'm like, Rob, if you are hurting after this one, you say not one word to me, not one word, because I don't want to hear it. And, you know, she did ask me when I was in for my massage, you know, is there a reason he canceled? I said, well, he's just a little tender in the shoulder. And so she did a much better job the second time. Well, that was risky. (laughs) It was risky. And he took that risk. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about it if it doesn't go well. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so I'm going to go back to the best part of the cruise. And and yes, my children all did scoff at me over this. But Prakash, our butler, was incredible. And the cruise line we were on, I think everyone gets a butler. I, it's just part of that cruise ship world. Yes. Um, and, and so it's not like it's we paid extra to have our butler. It's just the service they provide on the ship. And we've had butlers before on other cruise lines, but he <laughs> he was phenomenal. And he was our Where's Waldo. We had other Where's Waldos picked out on the ship, but oh my God. Do you God. want to explain what a Where's Waldo is? <laughs> well, in previous cruises, there always seems to be someone 
who just is maybe on the same wavelength that we're on. And they just pop up out of nowhere. And it's the same either person or couple all the time. And it's like, why is that? Why is there that one couple that just out of the blue? And when we were on the bigger cruise lines where there were like 5,000 passengers, it's like, okay, why do we keep running into this one couple over and over? And so it became a game for us where we have our Where's Waldo? <laughs> and and we'd see where's we'd see our Waldo every single day. And I think it even kind of became a competition for us on one of our previous cruises. But of course anyway, it did. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it was so funny because on our first day of the cruise, we had our Where's Waldo's picked out. But Prakash made himself our Where's Waldo unknowingly to him. But he would just, we would be walking down the hall and all of a sudden he'd be behind us. Or we'd be walking into a restaurant and he'd be there to greet us. And it was uncanny how he could find us on that ship whenever he wanted to. I know. He I wonder always, if they had like face recognition. And so he would scan for his his people and then come find us and just check in on how our day is going. Or if we want, Rob calls them right. canops, but canapes. <laughs> for, you know, for the afternoon. And yeah, well, and he just, and that was the other thing because our canapes would come, but he, we, we, you and I had adjoining rooms. And so he would always bring extra champagne or extra wine, extra canapes. And then he'd set it up so we could share them instead of each having our own in our own rooms every single day. And he always made us feel like we were his only clients on the ship and it wasn't until the very end when we got off that i actually saw him with other passengers like oh he does have other passengers and did you get fomo in that moment i did a little bit it's like oh i thought i was your favorite i really did i thought oh i think we really really were (laughs) if i do say so myself (laughs) like every day at dinner time, he would come and find us. He would ask where we were going to be, come and find us and walk us, escort us to dinner. He would put his arm out and walk us down to dinner, which I thought was fabulous. And I, I will know. share this, that the day before we got off the cruise, you know, I wrote him a letter and put a tip in there. And um, he came to the room mm-hmm. and I about started to cry. And I think he was a little emotional, too. I'm going to throw it out there because I truly do miss him as just somebody I enjoy talking to also and brightening my day because he really was that. And he did. He he had a smile on his face every single time we saw him. There was never a bad moment with him. No. And the funniest time is because we always would see him in his uniform on the ship. (laughs) But when we ran into him, we were in Spain walking... um, what back time towards were the we sh- in? Oh my gosh! It was that one. <sighs> I only remember not it. Mo- not Motril, maybe the one after Motril. Yeah, it was the first one. The guys got off the ship with us, Al-Tante, and we found. Maybe. Yeah, Rob found those shoes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we were walking back, and he was in plain, you know, just regular clothes, enjoying the day with his friends, and he took the time to stop us and say, "Miss Suzanne." Hi, how that, are well, you? Well, that's what killed me is we were literally walking back, minding our own business amongst thousands of other people. And I hear someone call my name and I look around. 
That's when he officially became Where's Waldo because it's like, okay, he found us at port and he was on his afternoon off and he saw us and he stopped and said hello to us. Yeah, he was pretty remarkable. And he was. And I have heard from him since getting off the ship because I didn't get to see him that morning of our our driver got there early. So I just sent a message and I said, I'm very sorry I didn't get to see you and I just wish you the best. And he said, thank you. I hope you made it home safe. So it was very nice that he he responded to that. Oh, I know. He was he was remarkable. But he's listening to this. I know. A huge shout out and thank you. Yes, it was the highlight of our trip. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah, no, that was really, really fun. <laughs> well, you missed, oh gosh, like there's so many stories. You, Rob, after you all left the ship, and I know he was doing it before, but he doubled down on the games that they would play. Like if they would play cornhole mm-hmm. toss or darts oh. or you know, he had the times 10, 15, 2, 15, 3, 15. He'd show up for all of them. <laughs> I love that. To get points. Their points were at the end of the cruise, you turn them in to redeem them for regent wear or, you know, their marketing stuff. So one day I got off the ship with Katie and Kirk. I got back and it was 315. And I'm like, you know, Michelle, you could be a supportive wife right now. You could go down and find where Rob is and cheer him on. So I walk down to where the games are and Rob is not to be found. And oh. so I asked this guy that has played trivia with us, have you seen Rob? He's like, no, I haven't seen Rob. So across the room, a lady I have never met before jumps up. She's like, oh, Rob, yes, I just saw Rob. He was carrying a Chardonnay and walking towards the spa. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, Rob. <laughs> and I'm like, obviously you do because that's his drink of choice on the cruise right. and he was gonna go get a shave. So I guess he... Got it rescheduled. Yeah. Yeah. That is hilarious. Well, I guess it's time to get back to reality, which is hard to do, but it is. It's been a tough tough week, but it's all trending better because now we're entering the holidays and we'll have to do something special for that. We will. We will. And I think our next podcast should be how I should have been British. Because I do want to talk about my trip to London pre-cruise. Yeah, and I think we've had an episode titled that you should have been British, but this will be really why you should be British. (laughs) Right, it confirms it. Yeah, maybe I'll say this next tidbit. But after you got off the ship, we did meet somebody who had been knighted by (gasps) Queen Elizabeth II. I I did feel FOMO when you sent me that little bit of information. Yes, I wish you could have met him. And it was like the night you left too. And uh, I'm like, oh, Suzanne, like, but I have his card, so I can even prove I met him, so. So well, fun. Anyhow, with all that shared, I guess I'll just say cheers until next week, everyone. Cheers. Myself.